0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: Chris V. Ah, welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CBB Chris Van Fleet, and you know me, I always love talking to a fellow Chris. And if you're a TNA fan, you know all about Wildcat Chris Harris. He was part of one of TNA's most famous tag teams, AMW, America's Most Wanted. But did you know Chris Harris was also fake Sting in both WCW and Impact Wrestling? Oh yeah! There's a ton of great stuff to dig into here, and I... I think a lot of people remember the famous cage walk that Elix Skipper did at Turning Point 2004. A lot of people forget, though. It was Chris Harris that he gave that move to. Oh, we talk about it all. If you could take a second today, please leave a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I can't tell you how much it helps the show. And I'm assuming you're already subscribed, but if not, hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this right now. Also, hit follow for Chris Harris on social media. On Instagram, he's at Harris. On Twitter, Wildcat. I'm at Chris Van and Chris Harris isn't on there a lot, but I I imagine he would spend a, a little bit more time on there if you sent him a message or maybe a screenshot and let him know that you listened to this episode. Let him know that you really enjoyed this. I hope you enjoy this, is what I'm saying. Let's get into it. It's me and Chris Harris on
2: insight
0: well there we go you know what i have i've said it before i'll say it every single time i've never met a chris that i don't like so chris (laughs) harris thank you so much for coming on
2: well thank you chris i really appreciate it man it's great to be part of this no and look
0: at look behind you here this is amazing where are we right now this is like a real museum i feel like
2: oh this is my wall of fame i gotta i gotta I, I've been hitting the head so many times, I forget a lot. So I have to have something to remind me of uh, some things I accomplished. So, is that why <laughs> you're wearing a TNA shirt? You look, can look down and go,
0: Oh, I did work. Yeah, a TNA. Yeah, that's right. yeah.
2: And I remember this TNA. So, I, you know, I have an impact. My impact shirt is way at the bottom, and then all my TNA shirts are on oh, the That's a good
0: so. point. Yeah. I mean,
2: <laughs> I know they say it's the same
0: company, but if you're a real fan, you know that TNA and Impact Wrestling feel very different.
2: Uh, It does, but um, there's a lot of. It it feels it does feel a lot of the same as well. I mean, it was, um, you know, I'm so happy that um, you know we got 20 years in with this company, and I'm so happy that it's still going strong. But um, there was a lot of differences to where I feel like you know it was really uh, really on top when it was TNA, and I'm I'm really hopeful that Impact Wrestling can get back that uh, to that top again.
0: Well, I mean, Impact Wrestling has some of the very best in-ring wrestling right now in the world. So I feel like they're right there on the cusp of having more people go, oh yeah, this is so good. Why have I been sleeping on it?
2: Yeah, I think it's just a matter of getting the attention again. Um, we uh, Some people are not even, and it could be something to do with the name change, but a lot of people are just not aware that it's still around because um, they, they knew about TNA. But um, you know, as I remind them, it, a lot of them are asking, "Well, where can I see it?" You know, because they are interested. And you're right; there's a phenomenal talent out there. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But and so I tell them it's on Access TV, and you know, it's on Thursday nights. Well, a lot of people just don't get Access. It's just a matter of the availability. Uh, you know, when I was around, we had Spike TV, and man, it was it was like one of the prime channels. You know, you could tune into, and it was kind of like the guys' channel. You know because they they were into the ufc and and things like that so um i think availability is is big with that and maybe if we can get impact you know give it a little little bit more of a little push um maybe we can you know hopefully maybe get you know get a get a better uh you know not necessarily time slot but better better channel you know better, better visibility
0: i like that you still talk about impact as we like do you still feel like you're part of the family
2: that could be just because of the, you know, me being there so recent, but, um, but yeah, I do. I mean, I, I I never felt a part of any other company like I, I did TNA. And um, and so when I talk about, you know, how I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's still going strong. I mean, it just, I, I do feel part of a we, and that's because that's a lot of, a lot of because they've welcomed me in so many times. Anytime I stop by to say hi, anytime I come and I am actually doing something with them. I mean, it, it, they've been so welcoming um everybody that's running the show now um you know I, I know from the past so um i really do feel like it's we you know that's that's always felt like my home and I, I love it like that well
0: look so many people know you for your time in tna but if we take it back before that like you were in wcw and I'm i'm curious what you think your career career trajectory may have been if wcw didn't end up getting bought
2: yeah see when i in my time growing up, it was um, it was the big two. It was WCW and WWE, and that's really what you wanted to strive for. That was that was the goal. And um, I had my connections with WCW. Of course, it started out as like a security kind of thing. They were bringing groups in for for security, but uh, they had their um, WCW Worldwide program. They had WCW Saturday Night program, and that those were programmings for uh, talent like myself. You know, um, to, to wrestle the big stars and i was doing that almost every week um so i i i kind of figured they were happy with my work um you know they uh, all the guys i worked with it, it was just it was pure honor but um you know to to be able to continue down that road so for the most of the year of 2000 uh, that's what i was doing i was performing in a lot of these matches getting to work with stars like booker t shane douglas kurt henning i mean just um a list of guys that i i got to step in the ring with which was um, just a privilege, and um, there was and I, so I, much I, talent there at that time. Is insane. <laughs> there was. It's it's amazing that that it was just being run into the ground when you had such uh, such amazing talent um, in that. Um, but I, I did wind up signing a contract though. I signed a contract in October, uh, so that let me know that okay, they were looking to do something. But as we all know now, I mean, I had no idea at the time there was so much going on behind the scenes that you know, the, maybe the last thing they were looking to do was build new talent. I'm not sure. I mean, I think a lot of people worried about their jobs and, um, but I did sign a contract. So, I mean, I I felt like there was, there was something going there. And uh, of course, six months later is when the unthinkable happened. You know, when, like I said, as a kid, the big two, one of them goes out of business. That's insane. You know? So um, it was just my luck that um, I was under contract at the time when it goes down and, yeah, everything, everything shut off. So it's back to the back to the bottom. But, um, but I was, I was very happy that, um, I mean, I felt like that was a goal of mine and I achieved that goal, you know, to be part of the big two. I signed a contract. Um, and you know, just, it it just kind of motivated me a little bit to where it's like, if I could do that, then I know I can move on
0: when they did get bought out was there a meeting or something where they went hey this is what's happening some of you are going to wwf at the time some of you I- i'm sorry you know like best of luck i guess
2: i've heard that there was a meeting Um, uh, i don't remember when my last date was but um i'm so sure it might, was early there was a meeting before. you weren't a part of it is what you're saying. i wasn't a part of it um they stopped bringing us in just you know um it was extra money extra, uh, to bring extra guys in that they didn't need so Um, I'd say somewhere in early 2001 is when they stopped bringing me in. And yeah, I'm sure as it got closer to, I I think they made it to April, March or April. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there was a meeting that they had, but uh, yeah, I wasn't a part of it. So um, wherever they they had, they had their their pick of everybody. So uh, people, uh, the guys at my level, um, you know, we just didn't have a chance. So,
0: well, it's hard to compete with, you know, I mean, the roster was just stacked, (laughs) right? right? Scott Steiner, Booker T. Uh, buff bagwell the list goes on and on and on and on
2: yeah and um, and i think that's what happened a lot of the top guys got to sit on their contracts uh wwe took a lot of the upper to mid card and started to do something with them but then anybody that was below that um yeah they just you know kind of let go i think it's so it's an interesting thing
0: i think that when you get into wrestling you want to be the star and i feel like sometimes when you're put into a tag team sometimes there's some pushback where you're going no i want to do this on my own i don't want to be part of a tag team what was what was your reaction to being put in a tag team in tna
2: there you know it's hard to think back I, there may have been something to that because all my career at that point i had been in singles yeah and uh the same and um so when they came to the idea well first we were happy just to be signed and uh but i the truth is i don't think they knew what to do with us they they were interested enough in our talent and knew they wanted us part of the company but they just didn't know exactly what to do and the, the, i always tell people there was a lot of moving parts they you know everything was just starting they had to really focus on their top stars but also building up some of the um newer newer stars um so they put us in a tag team and storm and i just kind of had the attitude like you know I, if if this is what they're giving us then we are going to take it and run with it. Um, That's just kind of how we were trained, how we were brought up in the business. Um, You know, sometimes you're given something that you're not necessarily happy with. Um, It could have been a lot worse. Um, You know, when I look at it, they're saying you're going to team up with this this cowboy, which I have nothing in common with. He goes out to the rings, he shoots his guns off, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Um, But no, the, the truth is there were a lot of similarities, uh, but I think the difference is, is what a lot of people were attracted to. It was two separate guys, but yet we gelled as one. And uh, like I said, we just had the attitude that if they're going to put us in a tag team, we are going to be the best tag team out there. How long do you think it
0: took to get that real chemistry going between you guys? Because you could watch any match now of America's Us wanted and go, those guys have it.
2: Yeah, man, that's the thing. It, it happened soon. It happened it, with, within the first year. I think our chemistry was was getting down. Now, of course, the more experience we got, the better we got. But, um, yeah, the chemistry uh, and Storm and I had known each other for a little while. We were on the, the Nashville scene at the time. Uh, uh, and and uh, honestly, we wrestled each other a lot. So we had chemistry as opponents as well as teammates. So when we got put together, you know, we're already friends. Um, We don't mind hanging out with each other on the road. You know, we became like brothers. Um, But yeah, just uh, the chemistry was just there, man. We, we, if you think back to 2002, um, there wasn't a whole lot of focus on tag team wrestling in any company, which at the time it was pretty much WWE. um, Yeah, I guess.
0: I mean, I think the TLC matches kind of made tag team wrestling relevant again, but that was really just a handful of teams.
2: I 100% agree with you. I think the WWE just doesn't does not focus much on tag teams. But then in that time frame of 90, 98, 99, ninety nine, two thousand, you know, the, 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 those those teams that you're talking about, like the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, the Hardys, they really brought it back. And 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 I think there's a lot of similarities in that because they brought focus to tag team wrestling because there wasn't a whole lot going on, and they were they made people think. Man, this is what tag team wrestling is like well then it kind of like you said it goes back into a little rut there and by the time we come around 2002 2003 um we storm and i are doing what we were taught to do what we were trained to do when it comes to tag team wrestling which was the old school the 80s that we watched and uh, you know tag team wrestling was huge back then we were just doing we were just applying what we we had been taught and i think that got attention Um, from the wrestling world, like, you know, man, these are, these are tag teams we can get into again. And, and TNA really let us focus on that. They were, they were focused on the heavyweight division, the X division, and then their tag teams. And they really let us take it, take it from there.
0: And then not long after, after that really focused on the knockouts division. I mean, TNA was like really leading the way with X division, AKA cruiserweights and tag teams and the women's division. I mean, look, you you guys are like such pioneers, and I think a lot of what we see now is because of what we saw in DNA. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean it was uh, they gave us the focus, and and you can't argue with the talent. Um, you know, you had you had we had the established stars that were you know making the it was the NWA title making the NWA championship big again. Um, you put guys like AJ Styles with the X division, and that's gonna soar. You know, a whole new division. I mean, I think of that. You know, it's a whole new division that got put on the map by the talent. And uh, and then tag teams, they focused on tag teams and let America's Most Wanted, you know, kind of lead that ship. And and so, yeah, and, and then later on with the knockouts division, you know, you put Gail Kim in something like that. And, then, you know, you just, you, you can't argue with that. And we were given the opportunity, we were given that the platform and just let it ride and take, and take this, yeah, take it for a ride. Do you remember when you were first,
0: told about the idea of tna being this weekly pay-per-view and do you remember what your reaction was to it
2: during that short time between wcw and tna um it was about a year um there were a few startup companies i I say a few there's probably a lot more than i realized but um and, and and nothing was just catching on nothing was happening so When I heard about TNA, it probably wasn't long before the first pay-per-view because I don't think they really broke anything, but so I'd have to say it was early um, 2002 and I heard about, you know, another company starting out. And like I said, I'd been wrestling in Nashville and uh, that was kind of where it was going to be based out of. So I heard a lot of rumblings about it and there was a part of me that was like, okay, here's, here's another one. Um, But then, you know, when you're, when you're hungry and eager, you know, that at that stage of your career, you're, you're. Ready to jump on anything, and so I, everybody just wanted to be a part of it, no matter where it went. And um, I heard Jeff Jarrett was involved, and uh, I'd known Jeff from WCW. It's just a lot of things were adding up to where th- this really has a chance to to make it. And then when I thought about the weekly pay-per-views, of course I'm I'm open to it. I'm like, you know, it's never been done, but you know that doesn't mean it can't work. Um, you know, of course, as we later learned, you know, it's always better to have a TV deal, but um, yeah, there was just so many, um, it, and and that's the thing, you know. A lot of people say that you know it was a, it was going to try to compete with WWE, and it was never about that. We just were there to be an alternate, you know, to be a an op, another option uh, for somebody to watch, you know, something different. And um, so it had to be different. We were going to do not a traditional once a month pay per view. It was going to be a weekly pay per view at an affordable uh, amount. So um, yeah, I was very open to it, man, and and just just hungry and eager to be part of it. And you know, of course, when I saw the the guys that were going to be involved, the talent roster. It was like, you know, I yeah, no matter what, I want to be a part of this. Yeah, what a roster! You
0: know, when you talk about <laughs> it being an alternative, I think one of the thing, first things that comes to mind is AEW, and there's been a lot of people comparing AEW now to what TNA was then. Do you see those same comparisons? Do you agree with it?
2: There's a lot, um, especially when they first started. I was I was kind of looking for that because it it re- did remind me of that. Uh, it's just a, a big difference um, that I see is from the outside is you know they just have the the money backers you know they have the money behind them whereas TNA was being funded by you know uh, you know I know a, a certain group of guys threw their own money in and then you have to go out and get investors and so it, it was just we were really struggling uh, to really to get to make it. and when that happens, you know you have to keep the budget down. Um, AEW, it's almost like they have an unlimited budget. So you know, the, if they can get a hold of a WWE talent, you know, they'll, they'll sign them. I mean, that, that's been a lot of the talk in, in the past year or so is that they keep taking all the WWE um, talent, and you know, they can afford it. Uh, with TNA, good. And I mean, you know, we we had their, our select few that that uh, was was helping us grow the company uh, with the credibility. Uh, but we really had to focus on building new talent. And, uh, and that's, that's really what we did. And we just mentioned it, you know, X Division, AJ Styles, you know, tag team, America's Most Wanted, you know, so I mean, there was, there, we were building new stars. So, uh, but very, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Yes. But I think the big difference is, uh, of course, the the funding.
0: Although I, when when TNA signed Kurt Angle in 2006 there's you know that infamous promo of him going <laughs> with the laughing I was like oh my god if
2: Kurt Angle is going to TNA like this, this is a real thing that was huge man that was huge and they did keep it quiet from everybody um so when you we did didn't our know until they announced it no till I wow. saw that video um yeah you know, we did, we were doing our tapings in Orlando then at Universal Studios and uh, just a little Side note, but if if Storm and I were finished with what we had to do on the show, we would just there was a back on the side of the hard camera. There was a scaffolding where they may put a camera on top or something like that. But it was a scaffolding, and uh, we found our own little pedestal uh, about halfway up the scaffold, and that we could just climb up there and watch. You know, kind of watch the show from there. And we really enjoyed doing that. Um, anytime we either didn't have something to do or we were finished, we would watch, and so. Uh, that particular night, um, I remember it, it might have been a pay-per-view. Um, but Storm and I just kind of you know, sat on our little perch up there and um, and watched the show. And I think they ended that show with that video package. And even Storm and I looked at each other like, holy shit. I'm with, We got Kurt Angle, man. I mean, that's huge. For somebody like that to, to devote to TNA, I mean, that was a big win for us. And then, you know, a few years
0: after that... Y- you talk about big names coming in, like there were some really big ones. It was Sting and it was Hogan, like
2: legends. Yeah, even before Hogan came in, I mean, you know, Sting was probably one of the first ones. Um, we had him back in our Nashville days. Um, you know, Sting was part of it. You know, we had Christian, and then you know, Kurt. That was you know, a I mean, big it, one.
0: That was a when when Christian became Christian Cage in TNA. That was a really big signing.
2: Yeah, and and I I think we we kind of. Open the door for him to show what he could do in singles because he didn't have that opportunity before um and we saw you know he he was an even bigger start than what we thought yeah. uh but yeah just some of the names that were coming through man it was it was awesome for us and um it just added to the credibility and the building of the company and uh yeah just couldn't be happier when we get names like that
0: what would you say was the one match that really put amw on the map
2: oh wow um In the early days, I would say, um, and a lot of people may not remember this, but what really put us on the map were matches with, uh, the new church. Um, it was, it was, uh, flash, which is Wolfie D and Brian Lee. And a lot of people don't remember them, but they had had the experience of being in bigger companies. And, um, I think the way we, uh, we became brawlers with them. Uh, it wasn't just about wrestling a lot of, a lot of um a lot of the fans had seen that we could wrestle but then we, it also kind of showed we could adapt to any style and we we had some some big brawls with them but i think i think that really helped put us on the map and then what really took us over the over the edge was uh our matches with triple x and that that i know people remember um because that started you know early on in the Nashville days and just continued on into um our tapings in orlando so uh, our matches with them i mean i know we had like a best of five series you know we've had two cage matches with them so it was i think that really uh put us over the top
0: well we have to talk about turning point 2004 like <laughs> the crazy thing is i think a lot of people don't remember who won that match but they remember you taking the crazy walk the cage hurricane rana from elix skipper like that's insane to watch back
2: it really is, and it's amazing people still talk about that to this day. Um, yeah, that was our second cage match, so a lot of people don't even remember the first one. Um, and, you know, we were out there to, uh, you know, our, our first cage match had got a lot of attention, uh, but then when we were talking about doing the second one, um, you know, we of course, we would to go out and we want to top the first one, which is almost, you know, it'd, it'd be incredible if we could do that. And, uh, yeah, Elix had this idea, and I thought it was a completely absurd. Um, I was like, "There's no way." Now, look, what a lot of people don't remember is Elix. Um, part of his arsenal was to walk the top rope and do a Hurricane Rana off from that. Right. Um, I don't. But right on the ropes. Yeah, on the ropes. Yeah. So it, it's it wasn't a complete out out of the blue uh, idea. Um, he had done he'd done that in his matches uh, previously, and so when he brought that up, I was like, "Man, <laughs> that takes it to a whole different level." I mean, that's that's dangerous and and to be honest with you, um, you know a lot of people don't know this, but I, I told him no um, for for most of the. It wasn't talked about till that day, and uh, most of the day I was telling him no. I was like, "There's no way." I said, "You know, I don't know if I want to take something like that, and it's certainly dangerous for him." And um, <clears throat> it, it came to be. I It, it couldn't have been more than a few hours before the before the event. And, uh, he came and, and tried it one more time. And I, I looked at him and I said, can you really do this? And I think what got me was his confidence. He said, yes, I can do this. And when I saw that he had no, nothing wavering, um, I said, okay, let's do it. I mean, you know, we, we you have to, you have to take your chances, man. I mean, and, and a lot of, a lot of people still think there's, uh, a, a lot of practice and a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, going over everything you know there's what you can't that's a one and done thing i mean you don't <laughs> you don't practice that
0: um so you never
2: walked through that move before No, no uh, i'm trying to think if they even had a cage out that day i mean we may not have walked through anything you know we were in there with professionals and uh we were very confident in our ability but definitely nothing with that um so yeah i mean i told him i said okay let's do it and um uh, and and it just—it uh, was kind of a switch. We just—we had our attitude um, towards if We're, we're going to do it. We're going to make it. And um, and I can remember—if you know anybody that looks back at that—they um, see he, he's kind of stumbling to get up there at first. He was doing, to get his footing. And I'm over the and on the other side with uh, Christopher Daniels, and I noticed he was taking a while. And already I'm looking at Chris. I was like, "What's Plan B?" Because he ain't going to make it. And right about that time, out of the corner of my eye, I looked over, and he was already on me. So he, uh, I mean, you you saw once he got his footing, he was gone, man. And um, next thing you know, his leg's around my head, and here we go. So, uh, yeah. Uh, And and he gets props for that, and I'm glad he does, but a lot of people always forget who was the one that actually took that bump. (laughs) And you took it, like, perfectly, too. Yeah, it couldn't have been any better, and I'm very fortunate with that, because that's a a long way down. It's a long landing. And what a lot of people don't remember is
0: when that clip is over, if you watch the full match, you're laying there. Then Christopher Daniels drops an elbow on you like 20 seconds later.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I think I did something to my ribs when I landed. Um, like you said, it was a, it was a perfect landing. I couldn't have, couldn't have been any better, but I was kind of, you know, feeling around my ribs cause I, I couldn't breathe. And before I knew it, yeah, I'm looking up and I'm like, Oh my God, Chris Daniels is coming. <laughs> and, uh, Yeah. I didn't have any time to really recover. I don't know what the hell I was was thinking, but um, yeah, double whammy on that.
0: Did you have any idea when you were planning out the match that that would be the moment that not only people would talk about with that match, but then people would talk about from that pay-per-view and then that year and then now just in general, that's a TNA highlight forever.
2: Yeah, no, I never knew that. Um, I, I guess I never thought about it, you know, it if it's executed great awesome that's a high spot of the match um but I never thought that it would get over to that uh to that effect and um yeah I'd never imagined uh, 20 years later it'd still be you know still be talked about but um, well, I guess yeah know, the very bar, very cool the bar was set
0: really high like the x division was you know pulling all kinds of stuff out it was unbelievable the fact that somehow you guys topped that is
2: crazy and Elix mostly wrestled in the X division, so it, that was another part of what I mentioned earlier: is just developing, or um, um, yeah, developing other styles. Um, uh, being able to adapt to the other styles, you know, Elix. That's a that's probably you would consider an X division move. Well, that's that's his that's his arsenal. That's what he's good at. So we have to be able to adapt to that. So if they can pull off moves like that, I'll be there to. to Catch you or to, to land, or you know, whatever the case may be. But I, I'm i I'm very glad that uh, Elix and I communicated about that and, and we were able to get it in there because uh, I'd yeah, say people still
0: one other thing that made that look so good is that camera angle was perfect because it was right behind Elix. You felt like he did and you did that you guys were up really, really high, and that camera following him along I think made it so perfect.
2: That was amazing. Um, and that something we didn't think about, you know, that was. I don't know if uh, any other companies were using that. We called it the crane cam, and uh, yeah, and it's literally like a big. It's a, it's a
0: jib, right? It's a big. It's on a
2: giant arm. Yeah, and uh, usually when you see guys perform something at the top of a cage, you're looking up at them, and you're like, "Oh man, that must be must be high up there." Well, this gave you an angle of being up there and seeing. Yeah. Hell yeah, it's high. That's it's a lot higher than you think. Um, so yeah, that was a great, I'm glad you brought that up. That was an uh, awesome camera. angle. But I think that
0: that's, that was one of the cool things about watching TNA. It's there was like, there was something different, right? The six sided ring immediately made you go, Oh, this is different. And then those camera angles also made you go, Oh, wow. I've never seen that before.
2: It just gave you a different feel. And I think that's a lot of the reason people, um, you know, we had our, our solid core group of, uh, followers and, um, I really feel like they looked at it as, you know, this is something different, something special. It was special to us, and I think it was special to the fans. Yeah. So I, I I think that that, that really helped us uh, keep building.
0: I feel like every great tag team, though, at some point, you know, has to break up. So, like, when did it start getting talked about with you guys?
2: Wow. It, to be honest with you, it had been talked about in the first year. Wow. Um, wow yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about that now. but um you know when you're when you're you're trying to you're trying to build weekly um episodic television. and when you got a, something you got a good thing going, um, sometimes you have writers that are just looking to well, this will be exciting if we do something with this. so there there was talk after the first year of splitting this up, and there was talk a, a, a couple other times after that. and even though we were new there, um once we felt like we had something special we had something really strong um we felt like we had to speak up and tell them say look we really think we had got something we can continue with this and um i think there's a lot of life left in america's most wanted so um they listened to us i'm very thankful they did so we wound up together for um gosh i don't know five years maybe something like that six years Um but then when when it was talk about it you know we had we had um we had won the, the titles, I think, six times. We had had a little heel run there, which was a lot of fun, you know, just adding to the flavor of America's Most Wanted. But when it was talk, I think Storm and I were, were ready to see what we could do on our singles. It's kind of like something you mentioned earlier, you know, um, you know, when you, you focus more on your singles wrestling, uh, you don't really want to be part of a tag team. Well, you know, we did our tag team thing and we did it well. Um, so now, you know, let's see, you know, let's see what happens when the team splits and we carry on our own. So, um, I think that was the company's, uh, thought process. Let's see what these guys can do on our own, on their own. And, um, and of course we knew, you know, the first step in that is to go at each other.
0: Right. I always found it so interesting that then later on he becomes part of another tag team, another pretty successful tag team, Right. You know, with your money.
2: Yeah. I, I, and I. A lot of people had asked me during that time, they're like, Are, you know, what do you think of Beer Money? Because I think they thought I would trash it. And I was a number one fan of Beer Money. I thought they were great. I, I, I love Bobby Roode. I traveled with him and a good friend of mine. Um, so when Storm and him hooked up, I, I think a lot for uh, similar reasons. Um, I don't think they had anything for either one of them at the time. So they put them together. Same thing. They wanted to make it work. Um, but yeah, they become very successful. And it doesn't surprise me that you know, Storm was part of that. I mean, he had uh, done the tag team thing. He knew what, what to do and what not to do. So, um, you know, he had experience in that department. And, uh, yeah, Beer Money was, uh, you know, and, and the thing is, a lot of people have compared us to Beer Money. Um, and I, I know a lot of fans nowadays are, you know, Beer Money gets the nod on that one. But I think a lot of that, uh, and it brings me back to, to earlier, you know, just a matter of as the as the company was building, more fans were tuning in each and every week. And so once America's Most Wanted was was gone, um, you know, we were they were still uh, increasing viewers. And so I just think more eyes were on beer money. So they they yeah. saw that that might have been their favorite. Um, but um, well, yeah, I mean, for America's Most
0: Wanted, the beer money, I don't feel like would have been nearly as popular.
2: Maybe not. Yeah, you, you just never know. But um, yeah, they were they were awesome. I love that team.
1: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at
0: one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at
1: bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: You mentioned earlier about, you know, growing up with the big two. It's WCW and WWE. So when you do go to WWE and you get to do some work for them, Was it strange to you that you had already built this name for yourself in TNA, and then they basically wanted to wipe that clean? They gave you a new name. You were Braden Walker there.
2: Yeah, it was. um, It was unfortunate that they would do that. Although I can't say I was surprised Um, going in there. They just they want to erase your past, and it's which which is unfortunate because you know you try so hard building up a reputation for yourself, and um, not that they would ever. you know, talk about TNA, but, um, I, you don't want them to talk about you like you're a rookie either. So, um, yeah, going in there, I, I try to keep a positive attitude. You know, they're, they're, they're wildcats gone and, um, you know, I'm going to be a whole new, whole new character. And they gave me the name. And, you know, I, a lot of people trash the name they have for years, but truth is, I mean, it's, it wasn't a surprise. You know, they give me the name. You know, if I was still able to be myself, um, I could take whatever name they they want to throw at me. You know, I could have made Braden work Braden Walker work um had I just given been given the opportunity. And they just there was no preparation, no thought behind it, nothing like that. So yeah, I think I was just doomed from the start. Yeah. How how long in total
0: were you did you end up being there?
2: Uh it was close to a year. Um not quite a year, but uh close to it. And you know, just from the get go, uh yeah. I just, I just saw different things. Like when you, when I first went, um, it was, you know, people were excited to see me and, you know, they didn't want news getting out and it just, they made it feel like it was a big deal, you know, that, um, and we got all these plans for you and things like that. So it made me feel like, okay, maybe I, maybe I made the right decision. Um, but yes, within, within weeks, it was, um, it was just I was beginning to see that, you know, there was there was no background to any of this. There was no thought process. And I was just going to be another one of the the ones that are, are just thrown out there. And I, and I was I was I was thrown out. There was no uh, no story behind it. No, no background on Braden Walker or, you know, anything like that. And uh, I had generic name, music, gear. I mean, just everything was just there. And there was no reason for people to. really get behind me you know i was just another guy out there and like i said i feel like i still felt like i could have made something work had they just let me go out and wrestle that's something i knew how to do yeah Uh, but they were even taking that away from me i mean not like seconds and minutes before i would go out um i would have a producer trying to change my match and you can't do this you can't do that um so why don't you do that and i'm like that's you're you're messing with me man just let me go out and do it so yeah, I mean, I couldn't even go out and be myself in the ring. So um, yeah, I just it, it's very unfortunate, man. I, I I felt like I could have made something work, but um, just didn't feel like the opportunity was presented to me.
0: Were you like I immediately want to go back to TNA?
2: Uh, well, I knew I wanted to get out of WWE. Um, you know, I I knew TNA probably wouldn't take me back right away, but um, I was just I was so unhappy. Um, I, um, it, it, that, that kind of made me feel like, uh, that's when I had the realization that it doesn't matter how much money you're making. If you're, if you're miserable and, um, you know, going through, I mean, it started to weigh on the health and things like that. It's just not worth it. And so, yeah, I, there was, there was weeks and months that I just, I wanted to get out of there. I just didn't even want to be a part of it. If something was to change, um, in the direction then I'd, I'd be giving it uh, my all but uh nothing was changing and so um I would try to question guys like you know hey what what can I do um what is there anything I'm doing wrong you know just uh, I would try to do my part in question and it, I, I just got nowhere so um yeah it got to the point where I was just miserable coming to work
0: I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about fake sting because it wasn't just in WCW it was in <laughs> DNA too
2: yeah, man. Uh, that, so crazy. But it, some of the most exciting times in my life uh, was be, being somebody else. Uh, I was I was one of the many in WCW that was doing the security. But I did have uh, some higher ups that knew who I was. And I think I was picked um, back then just because of the look. Um, I had the long hair, um, even though Sting's hair wasn't as long anymore. But I I, I fit more of the crow sting, um, you know, and I got storm- uh, uh Sting's outfit. um He's the one that painted my face up. I mean, it was it was crazy. I guess and nobody even, can do it as well as him, right? Right. I mean, they they could have had, I guess, their their makeup artists, you know, do it. But Sting was the one that did it. And even Sting looked at right at me as he's painting. Me. He said, "This is so weird. It's like looking in the mirror," because uh, I guess he saw that crow sting with the hair. And uh, but yeah, that was very cool, man. And and I think I'm most remembered for the Halloween Havoc when I came out of the ring um which was probably the 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 most fun uh being the sting because i actually had a part in that match but there were there were many that um they got uh clips of me just in the rafters uh where you couldn't really tell you know exactly who it was there was times they had me in a coffin and i would bust out of the coffin and beat somebody up but a lot of times they would get out of that because they would have the strobe flashing so you couldn't you didn't have a, a chance to really tell who who exactly it was so there was there were a lot of times i was doing a, a, the fake sting when whether he was there or not um you know they they would put me in like how, how many then, times yeah, in later,
0: total do you think you were fake sting in wcw
2: oh wow um less than ten uh but but, but, but more than six yeah yeah i mean it, and it could be just something small Wow, um, you know, just maybe just a little background skit that that we're doing, and Sting comes from the darkness and starts whooping up on somebody, you know, to just little things like that. But yeah, I was, and there were sometimes that you didn't have the chance to look so close to the face anyway because they didn't want to see it wasn't uh, Sting. Um, but there were sometimes it was so hard to get a look that I just wore one of those uh, those masks that they that they would sell. Um, so if it didn't require me having to get my face painted up, they weren't going to worry about it. I could just get away with the the mask because my hair would be down in, in my face. So, um, so there were a couple times where I just did that. I, every, I didn't have my face painted every time, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was so much fun. And then I think Jeff Jared remembered that from, uh, WCW when we did a couple DNA deals. So, uh, yeah, man, it was, it's crazy. It, it It's great. And, 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 uh, I guess in a way that's God, that's kind of been my relationship with Sting. You know, he he remembers me from doing all those. You know, if I if there's anybody out there doing a fake Sting, with me. <laughs> it's amazing
0: that years later, yeah, you did it in TNA too.
2: Yeah, man, that's crazy. You know, to, yeah. but Jeff remembered how great it was, so that's why he wanted to use it again. Are you still wrestling these days? I try not to. Um, yeah, i have just I'm just trying to get more away from that and more doing stuff behind the scenes. Um, uh, a lot of times, I still take a lot of bookings for appearances or signings. Um, uh, after uh, the little clips that Storm and I have done on TV and on Impact uh, a couple of years ago, we did one for a thousandth match. Uh, yeah. We did we got uh, some some extra bookings from that. And um, here, this this latest one when we came back and uh, did a reuniting of America's Most Wanted. Um, a lot of times we'll do situations where Storm will wrestle, and I'll be in this corner. Um, but yeah, the, I mean the truth is, just a lot of injuries have piled up. I've had health um, health concerns. Um, I've I've had my head tested, so I, I got a lot of a lot of mixing up going on out there from concussions. Um, so th- just the the better option is to stay away from it. I've had all my doctors tell me that I should never do it again. Um, but, you know, you, one of my big things is you never say retire in wrestling because you just never know. I mean, we spoke about Ric Flair off off the air. You know, how many time, I mean, how many times has he retired? You know, oh, yeah, yeah. But, well, so- he said, he
0: swears this is the last
2: one. And it probably is. I probably, probably is. He's, he's but, also uh, yeah.
0: 73, so.
2: <laughs> At some point, the body just says no more. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, so as, we, of-
0: as we sit here right now, does anything on you, like, really hurt?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in constant pain. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, my, my choice is to, to not do it. Um, but we did do something very special with Impact uh, just a few weeks ago uh, where we did uh, AMW together again. And, and that, those are the things I'm talking about. Like, I, I, I know my first conversation with them, they were uh, just feeling me out to see what I could and couldn't do. And I actually told them uh, that I didn't feel like I could do a match, uh, but I'd love to do something. You know, I can I feel like I can get physical if it's something small, but um, just not perform a match. Well, then the idea was brought up about a 10-man. And when I thought of, you know, five on five, you, you can't you can't really ask for anything better than that. Um, so I, I was like, let's do it. You no, know, it, it's just, it's so hard to pass up that opportunity. So, um, so yeah, I jumped on it. I felt like that was the best way I could be protected. Uh, I felt very comfortable with the guys I was working with. Um, so yeah, you just, you never say never in wrestling because you never know what's going to, what's around the corner. So, uh um, this, this
0: is why wrestlers never say or shouldn't say they're retired because an opportunity I agree. Like that will come up.
2: Yeah. So I, I do a lot of uh, um, independent stuff now. I do a lot of uh, things on the local circuit. Um, I'm in the Cincinnati area, and this is actually the the Northern Wrestling Federation. Um, The NWF is the the promotion based out of Cincinnati, and that's where I got my start. Uh, Carl Anderson from uh, the Good Brothers, he got his start here. Abyss got his start here. So um, you know, a lot of credible guys have come out of the and girls have come out of this, and now that I'm here and I'm not on the road as much, I've really dove into that and helping, helping develop uh, younger stars and I help them with putting their matches together. I kind of act as, I mean, I don't even know if you'd call it a producer or a coach um, being on an indie level, but um, I act as that with them. I I help train a couple of times a week. So um, I'm really, uh, I'm really involved with that. So, um, but anytime, anytime I have bookings elsewhere, man, I still love to get out there and meet the fans and, uh still love to you know get out there and just meet some of the the newer talent out there because these are the guys that are gonna keep wrestling going you know to yeah, continue yeah. The, the, what we love
0: i was living in cincinnati actually before i live in la now but i was living in cincinnati right before i moved here oh i didn't know that man yeah i was there for like nine months uh, became very good friends with brian pillman jr because he lives in northern kentucky yeah i was living in northern kentucky i was in cold spring and cool I got to tell you, Chris, I, I drank a lot of beers at Mad Tree Brewing.
2: <laughs> I'm actually on the Kentucky side myself. So oh, uh, which which city are you in? I'm in uh, Ludlow, that which is where I uh, grew oh, up. Yeah. In. So I, it's kind of like a full circle, uh, like a Rocky story, kind of, you know, kind of full circle and then wind up back where I started. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. I've I, I drank a lot of beer in my Kentucky town as well. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, that. I,
0: that that was like the thing to do, you know. Whether the uh, Bengals were playing or not, it was like let's go to a brewery and grab a beer. I,
2: my wife ha- tells me that all the time. She goes, "I do not see how you guys even survive." You know, my both sides of my family are drinkers. You know, I was a drinker, and um, but yeah, it's just <laughs> it's the thing to do around here. We can always find a reason to have a few beers.
0: Well, I mean, it's hard to disagree with that, right? <laughs> it doesn't course, matter what they. Is- this has been so enjoyable. I, I, again, I said it off the top, but I've, I haven't met a Chris that I don't like. And, you know, you've, you certainly haven't changed that, but thank you so much. Thank you for letting us catch up with you today.
2: And, oh man, it's been a pleasure, you know, talking to you, is just like talking to an old buddy, man, you, you make it fun, you, you make it real. So uh, thank you so much, Chris. Oh well, yes. Thank you, Chris.
0: We'll have to grab a beer together in Northern Kentucky. But uh, I end every conversation talking about gratitude because that's a big thing for me. I wake up every day. I, I say out loud three things that I'm grateful for, and that's how I end every conversation. So, what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now?
2: Wow, man! Um, I love that you brought that up. Um, um, since we're on the uh, on the career thing. Um, I have to say, I'm grateful for my career. Um, I I feel like I've done um, everything um, that I set out to do um, a lot of, but I, I do tell people that, you know, I may not have done it at a WWE level, but I proved that um, you can make a living out there without being in WWE, um, especially nowadays. So many companies and in, in independent promotions are, are big right now. Um, I'm just so fortunate, and grateful that uh, I was able to have the career I I, I did. Um, I was making a good living for at least ten years, and you know sometimes guys, you know they're not that they're not that lucky. So uh, very grateful for that. Um, I am very grateful for uh, my family and friends. Um, they have been so supportive in all of this, and and my um, not only my career but my my life. Um so I have the best family, the best friends um that you could you could imagine and um uh, the last thing I'm grateful for, which may it may surprise a few people but um and this kind of throws off our plans our future plans but um i I recently got sober so uh um yeah, I guess we can't have that beer but <laughs> I'll drink
0: um, the beer you can drink some water
2: sounds great life. but, but i no, i'm thankful i'm, thank- that's, I'm that's- thankful for my sobriety um i you know i i uh you know, I was always a, a normal drinker with the boys after the shows and things like that. And just, um, it just started to become an issue um, after, as I got out of the business. It's just, you know, one of those things that's hard to deal with. And it just kind of took control. So um, it was finally time. And uh, about nine months ago is when I put it down. And I'm very grateful for that because now I have a whole new world in the sobriety world. And um, I'm, I'm learning just that, you know, there is another life and you don't have to go down a really dark, um, evil uh, period in your life to, um, um, you know, to that. So um, very grateful. But th- thank you for bringing that stuff up, man. And, you know, I think that's something everybody should should really do, even on a daily basis like yourself. You know, be grateful for what you have.
0: We just have so much, right? And I think the people too often focus on the things they don't have rather than going, wow, I've got a lot of great stuff. And I think when people hear people that are as successful as you going, I'm grateful for my friends or my family, they can go, wow, I'm also grateful for that too.
2: Yeah. And, and I don't think, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things I think is good to uh, keep in the back of your mind is, you know, when you see somebody struggling or hurt or, or something, you know, uh, you know, that should make you realize that, you know, man, th- you know, things really aren't that bad, you know, it, it could, could be a lot worse. Um, <laughs> And you just have to kind of keep that as you go through life. It's just, it can always be worse. So be grateful for what you have.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations on your sobriety. That's a, that's a, huge, thank you, man.
2: Something you should be. Really thank you very of.
0: much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, Chris, thank you for everything. This is, this, is this so was great.
2: awesome, man. This was awesome. I really appreciate you having me on, man. And, uh, I hope we get to do it again sometime. We'll do it in person. Sounds great. <laughs> but next time you're back in Cincinnati, let's do it.
0: Oh, man. Big thank you to Chris Harris for joining me. And, of course, thank you for always being with us. What a great conversation. If you enjoyed this, snap a screenshot, show Chris Harris some love. Tag us both so we can share it on social media. On Instagram, he's at amwwildcatchrisharris. On Twitter, it's amwwildcat. I am at Chris Van Vleet And Steve Jobs said it really well when he said, my favorite things in life don't cost any money. It's really clear that the most precious resource we have is our time. So true. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.